Hi everybody, I'm Deacon Dave. And I'm layperson Lisa. I didn't know we were starting. Welcome to the Deacon Dave and Layperson Lisa Show. Welcome back everybody. Good to see you. I guess Lisa wasn't prepared when I hit the little red button. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so we're on episode, I have no clue, like seven out of however many now, on Catholic social teaching. Yep. So you want to pick up where we left off? What was the category we were on? Was it rights and responsibility? The poor and the vulnerable. The poor and the vulnerable. So we're continuing on with that. Yes. So go ahead, Lisa. Well, let's talk about world hunger. 925 million people in the world do not have enough to eat. Yeah, so if there's 8 billion people, that means that one-eighth of the world does not have enough. So that's 12.5% of the world. Wow. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that really is a lot. That is a lot. And um, it's not that there's not enough food in the world. Right, because a lot goes to waste. There's a lot that goes to waste due to consumerism or just the way we, we eat and, and waste food. But the infrastructure is not necessarily there uh, to get the food to where it needs to go. Um, and there's also cases where, for example, uh, people do not properly know how to rotate their crops. And mm. so as, of a ro- as a result of not rotating their crops, they're not getting the yield that they would get. Oh, so you okay. use the same, at least the way I understand it, you use this, if you keep growing the same thing over and over, I guess it either... It depletes uses, your soil. You're right. Saying, yeah. So you need to switch it up in order to kind of replenish your soil by growing something different. Right. Uh, and that, some people don't do that. They don't know how to do that. And so their soil loses uh, its like ability potency. to produce. Exactly. Yeah. That's one way. So yeah, that's it's a problem that can be solved, but it requires... In fact, in a lot of places, hunger and a lack of food is used as a way to control people. Oh, in some countries... Yeah. Um, where they have a dictatorship uh, or whatever ways people might try to be in charge, they'll use food as a way to keep people down, which is really unfortunate as well. Yeah, and then a lot of, I think, uh, like produce in the supermarket gets wasted because people don't buy it. Right, so, and, and why is that? Is that because we have an abundance here and where somewhere else there's not enough? Yeah. So once again, it's how do you get what you have through some infrastructure before it goes bad as well. Yeah, and there are places that will take that excess and um, give it out. Which we can all do that. Yeah. Do you happen to know what that place is? It was a place in Arizona. I've heard of it too. It was really cool. They came with this truck and they would give boxes of um, fruits and vegetables away. In fact, I believe, we need to find this out and let y'all know because there's a woman that created an app just for this where if you have uh, foods or different things, you can put them in the app and it would immediately, you know, other people would have their needs put in there, and it would immediately tell you where they were and what they needed. I think I remember um, St. Joseph, um, they asked, um, maybe it was a different church, but they asked for gardeners, like for their excess um, crops, if you will, um, to give away uh, to people. Right. We have homeless people uh, in our local community, and I'm sure most people watching do have the same. So we don't have to we don't have to do this halfway across the world. Right. It can be done right here at home. Right. Uh, first, uh, but there are places where they just don't have access to food the way they should, uh, or they're not using like we said proper crop rotation, proper technology, or they're being um, held down. Suppressed. Yeah. As a result of that, and and that's a little bit larger effort. Yep. Yep, so the factors that contribute to world hunger are corruption, which you just mentioned. Yep. Um, foreign loans. 
Yeah, well, so, you know, you can get a loan because your country needs a loan, and then they, they're like sharks. They give you a, a, a super high interest rate. Oh. And so you can't really afford to even produce food because you're too busy paying all of these loans back. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of evil in the world and how people are manipulating yeah. this. unfortunate. And then land degradation, which we talked about. Yeah. And political. political. So that, I think that ties in with um Back with the first one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the need to change the culture of waste, consumerism. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. Yes. And how often does a lot of food get thrown away? Right. Uh, and I know right here at St. Joseph's, what's great is for Thanksgiving, they prepare uh, food for, for the homeless and people in need. Uh, and they put together almost like a weekend package for them. But really, it's, it's not just a weekend thing. It's it's something that needs to be an ongoing effort, which it is here mm -hmm. and also over at St. Vincent de Paul and Newport News. Mm -hmm. uh, this ongoing effort uh, to, number one, provide the excess that we have to other people. I mean, when you go to the grocery store, if everybody picked up a couple of extra things and took them to the food bank, imagine how much stuff they would have yeah. to make available to people. Yeah. Yeah. And now we'll talk about the corporal works of mercy. So what are the corporal works of mercy? Feed the hungry, which ties in well with what we were just talking about. Right. Visit the sick. Yep. Give and drink to the thirsty. Yeah. Did we say feed the poor? Yes, that was the first one. And see, I, I have a very short memory. Uh, visit the imprisoned. Yes. Are we missing any other ones? Uh, clothe the naked. Clothe the naked, yes. Mm -hmm. Shelter the homeless. Shelter the homeless. And bury the dead? Did we say that? Okay. No, we did not say bury the dead. So these are all the corporal works of mercy that we can participate in uh, mm -hmm. as a way to help. I mean, in all of those things listed, Lisa, there's, you can certainly see where the, the poor and the vulnerable are, are in play yeah. and, and how we can be stewards of that. And it's so easy. So, for example, little things like, and this isn't about the poor and the vulnerable, but it just goes to the point of how easy it is to do things. Um, I had someone tell me about someone who was having a health issue. So I guess that's visiting the sick. Sure. Well, I don't have to go visit them. They live on the other side of the water, so it's like an hour drive. But I pick up the phone call. I pick up the phone and just call them and say, hey, I heard you were um, struggling a little bit, so I just want to touch in, touch base with you. So we had a nice 10-minute conversation. and. You know, next day I get a text that says, you know, it really meant a lot for me. Yeah, I'm sure it lifts their spirits. Right. And, I mean, you can do this. I mean, I talk to people all the time while I'm driving to church or to work or home or wherever I'm going. So I take big advantage of my time on the road, which is quite frequent, mm -hmm. uh, to, to use that as a source of, of, of doing the corporal works of mercy, even through the phone. Yeah. Good. And visiting the uh, – there's there's – I think certain people have a charism for – uh, visiting uh, those in prison. Mm, yes. But I can tell you as a business owner, I've hired several people coming out of prison and they need our prayers uh, and they need people to visit them because it's a tough environment. And not only is it a tough environment, they don't really help you a lot when you get out. In fact, it's it's they make it quite difficult. And, and I've had people that I've, I've hired um, to try to get them on military bases and they may have done something when they were a teenager and they still can't get on a base. Mm. And and these are people that could be like 30, 40, 50 years old. Yeah. And it's like, so when, when you know, when you've made a mistake, um, God's mercy is, is complete and full when we ask for it. But the world is a, a little different story. Yeah. 
And so it can be very challenging for people um, in these situations. Yep. And a lot of times we might just want to say, well, they, they shouldn't have done that wrong. But we all make mistakes. Just some mistakes are, I don't know, I guess you could say more serious. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, you know, some of the things that any one person may have done in their life and they just didn't get caught. Right. Or they didn't suffer the consequences or whatever. Right. How easy is it for any one of us to have our life turn in a totally different direction? You right. know, but it, it, it did. But for a lot of people, it did. Yeah. So, yeah, we have to remember that. Mm-hmm. So now what do we have? I, I bet I know. Okay, go for it. The spiritual works of mercy. Excellent. But now you have to tell me what they are. Admonish the Admonish the sinner. Oh my goodness. Doesn't want to come out. Admonish is such a strong word. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I mean, think about it. Um, I was just having a conversation, Lisa, with someone the other day, and they were talking about authentic love sometimes means that we have to tell people what they don't want to hear. Oh, okay. But it's the truth. Yeah. And so, you know, it sort of also goes along with uh, fraternal correction. So if you see someone and you know they're doing something wrong and it's not judging them, Okay, it's based on truth, right? And it's out of love that you are uh, expressing your concern about sure. whatever it is they've done or they're doing. Then um, that sort of um, I wouldn't use the word admonish, but fraternal correction. Uh, it's we're really called to do that. Okay, so admonish um, the sinner is like correcting with fraternal the truth. correction, right? Okay, exactly. Okay, at least that's how I see it. Okay, so that's easier to understand. Instruct the ignorant. That kind of ties in. Boy, ignorant is such a strong word, isn't it? But I, I mean, ignorant just means we don't we don't know any better. So another way of maybe saying that is to evangelize, okay, and and to uh, share Jesus with people. I'm actually listening to the Catechism of the Catholic Church on audio right now. Oh, okay. I made it all the way to chapter two, <laughs> and so I'm making good progress. Okay. <clears throat> I think I only have like 22 and a half hours left to go. Okay. But it it it, it talked about. Um, I can't even remember what I was going to say now. That's horrible. I'm getting so uh, old, Lisa. Instruct the ignorant. Yeah, it talked about evangelization uh-huh. and um, that that's a very important part of what we're called to do because there's so many people that don't know Jesus. Right. And uh, it's our responsibility to share Jesus with the world. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Comfort the sorrowful. Yes. And, you know, we do this in so many different ways. And I think a lot of times we're, like, uncomfortable when we know someone's hurting or someone's died or or whatever the case may be. And so two thoughts on that. The first is, is uh, blessed are the mourn uh, for they will be comforted. So we have a role as the Beatitudes says. The thing about it though, folks, is when you've been mourning, if you're mourning over something, in a lot of ways it means you've been loved. Mm, When you've lost a person, it means you've been loved. Yeah. Uh, and, And then the other part of that is, is we don't necessarily feel qualified to comfort someone or we're un- we too are uncomfortable because sure. of whatever the situation is and I had I had a lady tell me one time she sometimes you know just sit there and be with them. yeah just hold their hand you know you don't need any fancy theology or anything like that because you know Jesus is in that touch uh, and Jesus if through you is present with that person so it doesn't have to be that difficult yeah don't overthink it yeah, we do that a lot. Yes, we do. And it, it, the devil allows us to overthink it so that we won't do anything. Yeah, true. Yeah. What other ones are there? Bear wrongs patiently. Yes. So, you know. This goes back to the lineage of humility. 
Yes. It? And I also think it goes to uh, um, the end of the Beatitudes where it says, blessed are those who are persecuted, persecuted for, yeah. my, for my name. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to, you know, when people are doing us wrong, we want to fight back or lash out, right? And to, to, to bear those patiently and to work through it is very difficult at times. Yeah, it's interesting how these are tying into the Beatitudes. Yes, we didn't plan it that way, but that's how it's working. Pray for the living and the dead. Yeah, it's really important that we pray for people, and I think that this, um, I don't know that it doesn't go unnoticed, but it's funny, I my list of people that I'm praying for right now, it's grown to like 12 or 15 people, uh-huh. but if you do it consistently throughout the day, you can you can remember all of those Oh, that's things. pretty good. Yeah, so right now it's like Leanne, um, um, Cheyenne, uh, Orlinda and Stephanie are four people. Then uh-huh. there's Bill and Mary. Uh-huh. There's Phil. Uh-huh. There's uh, Brian. And then there's Owen, Amanda, and Betsy, uh-huh. and Tyler and Bethany. So it's funny if you p- pray for these. So, like every time I go outside, I'm not on that list. And Lisa. <laughs> uh, we'll pray for these people. And so, and, and so the variety of prayers are for people who you know, are sick. Okay. So like one of those people has cancer. Yeah. Um, uh, one of those people, two of those people are married. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three of those people are my family members, mm-hmm. um, that are going through a, a variety of difficulties. Mm-hmm. And, um, another one was a guy who is a seminarian who was in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is uh, a wife and a husband who had COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and uh, so it's amazing that if you, the Lord brings these people to your mind. Now, Father Dan Malaco, he said what he does is he puts everybody in his phone. Yeah. And then he prays for everybody in his phone. So yeah. that's a good way to do it. Yeah, I but, have to do it that way. But Not I, on my phone, but. But I find it more efficacious to um, actually remember their names. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's a more personal. Right. And so, yeah, but but praying for people and then praying for the dead, right? Yeah. Maybe even doing... Um, Divine mercy. A divine mercy. Or, or an indulgence. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A plenary indulgence for someone in purgatory. Yeah, I just did one. You did? Yeah. You want to tell us about that? Oh, sure. So, I mean, it's a bit of a long story. But anyway, there was a customer at Walgreens who was um, a mentally ill man. And at first, we did not get off on a very good, um, on a good foot. And um, the next day, but, um, I quickly... Um, figured out that he was mentally um, ill. So then I tried to be extra nice to him whenever I would see him. And we actually became very good friends and we would go to lunch. And I found out um, not too long ago that he had um, passed away. And so um, I did an indulgence for him so he would go to heaven. Right, so a plenary indulgence, you know, there's, there's, it's, it can be doing um, the Stations of the Cross, mm-hmm. right? An hour of adoration. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, you have to go to Holy Mass, you have to go to Reconciliation, and then you have to say an intention for the Pope. Right. And so if you look up Catholic indulgences, there's all kinds of things and there's all kinds of offerings. But what it does is it can be for you or for someone in purgatory. And then what that does is it gets rid of all of their temporal punishment. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason someone's in purgatory is to Cleanse them. Cleanse them of their temporal punishment because spiritually they, you know, through reconciliation and, and, and being a good person, uh, they have, they have, they're making their way to heaven through purgatory. So we can actually um, have an effect on other people. Other people. Yeah, I think giving an indulgence is like an awesome um, work of mercy. And, and Lisa and I were talking earlier this week. It's something that's amazing is that 
when we do things for other people, even people that are hurting us, uh, say we pray for them and we lift all of that suffering that we're having in that relationship to God, not only does it hopefully have a positive effect on them, it has a huge effect on, on us. us. Yeah. So, so we're the ones that become sanctified uh, by virtue of these humble actions yeah. that we take. Yeah. But we are breaking it down big time today. <laughs> Forgive all injuries. Huh. How's that? Well, so what does it say? You know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So God has a, uh, I guess, an expectation, you would say, that if he is going to pour forth his mercy on us like Niagara Falls, that we should do the same thing. So if you have something you're holding on to with someone, please forgive them, right? Because God is is forgiving us for everything that we do. Yes, and if you're having trouble forgiving, then ask God to help you to want to forgive them. Exactly. Because we need God's help sometimes with some of these things because sure. they're tough to want to forgive. Sure, yeah. And the last one is con- consult, no, counsel the doubtful. So, you know, I run into people all the time that are doubtful about their faith or who have left their faith. And so there are always opportunities for us to uh, enter into conversation with people. That's one of the things I like about Chrysius is be a friend, make, make a friend, be a friend, bring a friend to Christ. Mm-hmm. So when we're bringing someone to Christ or back to Christ, uh, you, you can't get right to step three a lot of times. You have to say, what's your story? Right. Because there's usually a reason why someone is searching or there's a reason why someone is left. And so you have to get to that part and get to know their story before you can really start bring, bringing them to Christ or back to Christ. Right. And that wraps up the works of mercy. Okay. So now, almsgiving and universal destination of good. Well, I think we've sort of touched on that, the fact that um, there is a way, uh, if the infrastructure and everybody work oh, together, yeah. that things could go everywhere they needed to go. But okay. clearly the world's not on the same page in that regard yet. Right. And then the Eucharist and commitment to the poor. So the Lord wants to feed us. And he feeds us in the Eucharist, yes. right? Yes. And uh, for, for, for many of us, um, we have been well provided for all our lives. And so if we're going to be fed with the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, who, if we get right back to all of this corporal works of mercy, which is Matthew 25, where it says, that, where did you see me hungry and feed me? Where mm-hmm. did you see me naked and clothe me? On and on and on. Wherever you saw the least of my brothers, you saw me. So if we see Jesus... In those, if we're going to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, then by virtue of that, we should see Jesus in the poor and the vulnerable and be moved by the Christ we have received to be Christ to those who we should see Christ in. Because if you think about it, we're all members of the body of Christ. Right. So that's sort of what that is. If we're going to be spiritually fed by God, then we too should see God uh, in those who need help the most. Yeah. So that summarizes Catechism 1397. I see. I'm a deacon. I'm, I'm summarizing. You must have skipped ahead in that cate- chapter catechism. in your audiobook. Maybe. That's right. I will get to that again. But yeah, I would encourage you to listen to audiobooks of, um, about different Catholic things. And uh, it really helps a lot because it makes use of that time. I don't even listen to I don't listen to the radio at all. I don't even hardly listen to like the, uh, the Christian radio station anymore because I'm listening to books. Oh. That's yeah. probably why you didn't hear that song. That You're right. That's right, about. Lisa. Well, I think that's all we have for today. Uh, we went almost 20 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, one more thing. So 
everything that we say on this show is our opinion, and it is not the opinion of the Diocese of Richmond or anybody associated with the Richmond Diocese. This is our own thing, and it's certainly our hope that we will um, uh, be providing you with only truth uh, and Catholic teaching. So hopefully we are in accordance with what they would do. Hopefully. But this is this is just us in our own opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Beacon Day. I'm Lake Crystal Lisa. See you next time. Bye. I did that because. Um, yeah.